When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook 'em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hey, one other E and Rod B. Fact of the day. We know the Texas game with Baylor this week is a 6:30 kickoff in Waco. The Kansas game next week, the following Saturday, week from Saturday, has been announced as a 2:30 kick. Okay. Middle of the afternoon. First one of those since the Rice game. 2:30 by the Big 12 Conference yesterday. So. Just keeping you up to date. Texas and Kansas, 2.30 this week, 6.30 in uh, Waco, Texas. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know how excited Baylor fans are going to be. I know they want to I know they want to send Texas out uh, with an L, but they can't be very confident in their Baylor Bears at this point. So I wonder how much of a factor the crowd's going to play. And you can take the crowd out of it early if you're Texas. All you got to do, like you did in that Bama game, pretty, Texas took a lot of that crowd out of it in that Bama game. The crowd never really had a chance to play a huge factor in the game. They came back uh, late in the game, and I think that's when the crowd went off. But since Texas was controlling the game for a lot of it, and their defense never allowed their offense to have that big splash play early on that was later in the game, you know, the crowd, you know, they, they never really got a chance to, get, to, to make an impact. You can no. do that in, in Waco, too. Uh, Dave Aranda, by the way, the head coach at Baylor, said yesterday at his press conference, he says, quote, I can't tell you how many times this offseason I heard Dave just win this one game, yeah, the Texas game. Yeah, that was he his, said that's yeah. been brought up to me multiple times. That, that's because they, so, they didn't know you was going to get beat by Texas State, though. And Utah. And Utah, yeah, well, Utah's a good team. But, but Texas State, we didn't know Texas State was going to be good. Texas State, 2-1. and one. I was like, they're, they're a good team. Only a seven-point loss to UTSA the, is preventing their 3-0 and o start for G.J. Kidd. The, the Utah loss is not what's got you on the hot seat. The Texas State loss got you on the hot seat. Yes, yes. Yeah, to a first-year head coach Yeah, Texas that's State. what everybody was like, okay, yeah. this guy might be. By the be way, the, yeah. Rod, do you know that Texas is the only team in college football who is 3-0 with all three wins mm-hmm. coming against FBS teams who went to a bowl game last season? It's a nice little factoid. a little fact right there. Nice factoid. Um, no FCS schools up in here, like uh, mm. Baylor played last week with Long Island University. But, uh, yeah, that's the matchup. As I said on the way to the timeout, the Longhorns have played Baylor the third most of any school they've played, any program, only Oklahoma and Texas A&M more times. Now, the, yeah, 112 the meetings. Yeah, the rivals. They played A&M more and, uh, and Oklahoma more. But it is odd that this could be the last one, right? You know, Chris, Steve Sarkeesian was asked yesterday about scheduling – you know, these schools in the non-con in the future. And he said, you know, then if we, if we schedule Baylor, then, you know, Texas Tech's going to be mad. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wants a piece of Texas. It didn't sound like they're interested in playing any of these schools beyond this conference schedule. So this will be it. 112, 113 mm-hmm. times, and see you later. Yep. No, I, I Take think it, it easy. I think it will be done for a lot of Texas's relationships with the Texas schools that are, remain in the Big 12. I would think Texas Tech yeah. would be the one that you might see a relationship with, just because it's a state mm. school. Yeah, but how? A public state school. Yeah. Uh, just a non-conference every couple of years? Maybe or A few years or so. In a rotation? I don't know. But at the same time, yeah. look, the Big 12, I mean, Texas has never been big fans of Baylor. They didn't really want Baylor in the original Big 12. 
and that was a lot of political lobbying with Ann Richards and Bob Bullock and uh, when the when the when the Big 12 was formed back in the mid 90s. Well, that was a big political football to say the least. But uh, all right, let's get to the headlines, trending topics to start your Tuesday morning. There's a lot of them, including a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Top Gun, Reynolds, and Lot Equipment bring you the news. Yeah, we'll start with the Longhorns. As we said, uh, third-ranked Horns off to their first 3-0 start since uh, Mac Brown was the head coach. David Ash and Cole Case McCoy were the quarterbacks. Barack Obama was in his first term in the Oval Office. It's been that long since the Longhorns started a season 3-0. But it's the beginning of the end now. They opened Big 12 Conference play for the final time. Uh, for Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns, their trip to Waco to face the Baylor Bears for possibly the final time. You know, I think this week, Big 12 play, and, and that's exciting. And like I touched on with the team, Big 12 doesn't care that we're 3-0. The Big 12 doesn't care that we're ranked number three in the AP poll. Um, we are zero and zero in Big 12 play, and and this week we've got to we've got to do everything in our power to try to get to one and zero um, in a in a hostile environment um, against a really well coached team, a veteran team, um, and it's going to take a lot of poise, a lot of composure, um, and we're going to need to play a complete game. We're going to need all three phases Saturday night, and so. That's what we're putting forth in our effort, and, and that all started this morning. On the injury front, Coach Sark announced yesterday that the team will be without starting right guard Cole Hudson and redshirt freshman defensive lineman Chris Ross for about a month each. Both were injured in this past Saturday's win over Wyoming. Hudson suffered a knee sprain while Ross injured his elbow. Uh, better news for freshman running back C.J. Baxter. He returned to practice yesterday. He's good to go after sitting out last week with a minor foot injury. Not good news for the 1-2 and two Baylor Bears. Official word from their head coach Dave Aranda yesterday that their starting quarterback Blake Shapin will not be ready to go this week. Shapin suffered a knee injury in Baylor's season opening loss to Texas State. That means redshirt sophomore Sawyer Robertson, the Mississippi State transfer, will get the start. Elsewhere in college football, Michigan State has initiated the process to fire suspended football coach Mel Tucker with cause. Tucker was placed on administrative leave without pay earlier this month after it was revealed he was the focal point of a university investigation into allegations of sexual harassment. In the NFL, doubleheader of Monday Night Football to wrap up week two in the league, Pittsburgh. The Steelers forced four Cleveland turnovers, scored a def- uh, two defensive touchdowns, and route to a 26-22 win over the Browns. Both teams now 1-1. One one. Not only did Cleveland lose that game, they also lost their all-pro running back Nick Chubb for the rest of the season with a gruesome knee injury. Happened early in the second quarter. He's done for the year. In Carolina, meanwhile, Saints came to town, marched in and beat the Panthers 20-17. They're 2-0 New Orleans. Also in the NFL, New York Giants announced that their star running back Saquon Barkley has a ankle sprain. He'll miss... Most likely three to four weeks. Major League Baseball, tough loss for the Astros last night. Cedric Mullins hit a three-run homer in the ninth to rally the Orioles past the Astros in a matchup of division leaders 8-7. to seven. Rangers unable to take advantage. They fell to Boston 4-2 to two in the opener of that series in Arlington. Mariners did take advantage of the Houston loss. They topped the A's 5-0. So right now Houston leads Texas and Seattle by a game and a half in the AL West. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, we didn't talk much about the other Monday night football game, uh, the Saints getting the win. The Saints' defense is underrated, and we, and we don't get enough credit. Nobody gives the Saints' defense enough credit. The Saints are the first team to go 10 straight games without allowing 21 points. Since the Legion of Boom Seahawks in 2013-14, they did 11 straight games without allowing 21 points. Yeah, that, I mean that defense, and, and they've had some, you know, they've had some personnel changes on that defense too. They don't, haven't always gotten offensive support, if you will, because uh, you know once Sean Payton was out, uh, they really kind of struggled offensively to find their identity. But man, 
that that Saints defense is legit. That's probably what's going to help them win that division because that division, other than the Bucks right now that are trending, um, I think the Saints may be the leader in the clubhouse. Atlanta, 2-0. Hey, listen, Atlanta three, three, well, three teams in that division are 2-0, right? The Saints, Falcons, and Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks are all 2-0. I know. We all predicted that when the season began. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. trust that 2-0. Uh, I, some of the 2-0s look a little bit more substantive. I don't know about the Bucks. The Bucks 2-0 is because Baker Mayfield's playing out of his mind. If well, he continues to play like that, then maybe it is real. Yeah, and they've got good weapons. He talks about Mike Evans is one of the, you know, maybe the best receiver he's ever played with. And Chris Godwin on the other side. but uh, So, yeah, there's seven 2-0 and teams in the NFC. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, one of them with a dominating 2-0. That's the best um, one. Philadelphia, at, yeah. Washington, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa, and San Francisco, all 2-0. and And I, can I mention that B. John Robinson, we talked about him being the, the odds favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. He's off to a great start. He's currently second in rushing yards in the NFL behind only Christian McCaffrey. He's second in the league in rushing first downs, first in the mm-hmm. entire league in receptions for a running back, and second in the NFL in receiving yards for a running back in his first two games as a pro. Not a surprise because yeah. uh, we saw him here for three years, but uh, um, you know, blasting off. Yeah, he had the most yards from scrimmage for a Falcons rookie since 1979 last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It, as long as you know, he stays healthy, I, I think he's a lot. Well, yeah, for you the and I, when we year. made our NFL predictions, I think we both picked Atlanta to be in the playoffs, and I picked him to win that division. I think the Saints are – actually, no, I picked the, no, the Saints I, to win the division, and I picked Atlanta to be a wild card team. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I, I remember I was high on him. I'm trying to think exactly. Because I think that we didn't know who was going to make the move in NFC South. We said that's a, kind of the surprise yeah, and, and I seeded to Derek Carr because he's the most the experienced quarterback, quarterback in yes. the division. And, and they got a defense. Yeah. And the Saints have and, a defense, and that has been kind of a, a, a common thread with whoever's going to well, be Well, and the Saints now. are going to get um, Alvin Kamara back, right? He's suspended right now. He'll be back for them. And Michael Thomas had a nice game last night. Michael Thomas actually shows up. Chris Olave, he had man. 12 catches last night. Yeah. Chris Olave, Chris Olave, player. yeah, he's good. That's, that's a good. If he's back, that's a nice receiving core. If he didn't get Alvin Kamara back, who also you got to consider part of the receiving core. Yeah, I like the Saints in there. It's probably said I, I have more faith in the Saints, but I wouldn't be surprised if Desmond Ritter plays well with the recipe that Arthur Smith has for the Falcons. Because like I said behind, you know, Shano and the 49ers, they are probably the second most uh yeah they're probably the the second best offense when it comes to positionless football like that's how they built and constructed the roster with all those guys who can move around the chessboard they can they they can be a problem the saints uh, the saints can they may be able to contend with the saints in that division if right. Desmond Ritter plays well. Yeah, no question. I think they just have a ton of weapons. And, and remember, they improved their defense through free agency and trades before the draft Atlanta did, right? Bud Dupree is now there as you know, providing some pass rush. They tried to rebuild their secondary a little bit. And uh, that division, uh, anybody's anybody's division right now. Uh, and, again, in the NFC, it, it feels like there's – I think it's pretty clear that San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas – Next level. Are, are next level. Yeah. And everybody else is just playing for wild cards at this point. One of those three teams will be in the Super Bowl. In my mind, we'll be. Sh- I'd be shocked if, there, if it's not one of those. Right, agree, agree, crazy. Agree, hundred percent agree. One of those three teams will be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Good point. Uh, all right, real quick, Rod, go back to that stat I said at the top of the. Just start the and then we'll get into your rant. All right. For Longhorn fans who are concerned, right, that they've won three games by double digits, all three. Um, they're the only team in the FBS who have played three teams so far who won a bowl game a year ago. And remember, Wyoming and Rice both returned a lot of players. Yes, they did. It was uh, 
Remember we talked. 17 Mike, Wyoming Cowboys, including Mike 10 Blumgren. on defense. He's Mike one Bloomgren. of Mike Blumgren's best teams. Yes. yes. <laughs> and they added JT Daniels, an experienced quarterback. So Highest I mean, rated recruit ever, signee ever. So, and again, I'm not trying to pump up their schedule. I'm just saying they played three quality teams who are planning to be back in bowl games this year. Mm-hmm. Rice turned around and beat Houston after they played Texas pretty tough for a half. Uh, Wyoming is going to be one of the favorites in the Mountain West Conference, and they came in 2-0 and and beaten Texas Tech. So it, it's fair to say the Texas Longhorns had a nice schedule that, that they, they played and performed well in. Not perfect, not by any stretch, a lot to work on. But to win all three games by double digits, mm-hmm. to be comfortably winning all three in the fourth quarter, they, they, obviously the Alabama game was a huge high. But same time, you know that's that's a that's a nice prep for conference play, and it tells you the Longhorns are a pretty good football team this year that can beat you in a variety of ways um, with offense, defense, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen the special teams win a game yet, but you kind of feel like it can if uh, it well, needs to. Well, the special teams has been a strength, yeah. for Texas since Jeff Banks stepped on campus. So we got honestly, we got to give Jeff Banks more credit because out of all the phases of the game, offense, defense, now it's all coming together because they've been able to, you know, recruit and now the messaging is the same, continuity with the staff, all that stuff. It all helps. Uh but man, I don't I don't think we had any down years. Hard to even see a down game from Jeff Banks special teams unit at Texas since he got here. Yeah. I got right. The punter, the punter Sanborn has <laughs> they, been rock solid. Bert Auburn's great, been a good man. kicker. Yeah. Their, their coverage teams have been excellent, and uh, yeah, uh, so it, it's a it's a three phase football team right now through three games, and now it's mm-hmm. conference play time. Let's get Rod's rant. First one of uh, two on our five hours this morning. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, well, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. All right, I want to talk about this uh, Dallas Cowboys defense just a little bit. Because um, I think what sets them apart from the other two teams you mentioned there, E, Philadelphia and San Fran, which also have great defenses and elite, you can consider elite D-lines and front sevens, 49ers and the Eagles. You can throw the Cowboys in there too with Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, the way they're playing. But um, the secondary for the Cowboys, I think, sets them apart from those other defenses. By the way, the Cowboys, it's only two weeks, so small sample size. Lead the NFL in sacks, pressure rate, takeaways, (laughs) total defense, and scoring defense. Gosh. So they they are right now the best defense in the league. Statistically, there is no question. You can talk about the opponents they face and all that, but you know it's still a very small sample size. I think they're going to continue to trend as the best defense in the league. Uh, but it's the secondary that really has taken their game to a level. And by the way, secondary doesn't have Donovan Wilson. They're missing one of their starting safeties, uh, those three safeties uh, that the Cowboys like to play. Uh, how about this stat for Trevon Diggs? And I know he's been a very polarizing player because he's a he was a he's a high risk, high reward player. But last season he lowered a lot of that risk and kept the reward relatively high. And he's he's getting some more consistency in his game, uh, stabilizing his game so that he's not such a volatile player. But he is arguably the best ball hawking defensive back in the league. Through two games, the passer rating when targeting Trevon Diggs is 1.0. The passer rating when you throw the ball at the dirt every play is like 39. So he, he you actually have, you as a quarterback, all right, you, you have a better chance, better chance at success 
throwing the ball at the dirt than throwing at Trevon Diggs. Yeah. That's how good he's been. Uh, versus the Jets, he, he had a five targets, zero receptions allowed, one interception, two forced incompletions, a 0.0 passer rating allowed. Remember, I told you guys this. Remember, when he was at Alabama, he basically had only uh, – Played the cornerback position exclusively, exclusively. So when we first got there, he was playing wide receiver and safety, and they were playing them all over the place. And then he played exclusively his sophomore year. Um, I believe he had a, a competition, ended up getting benched at one point. He also had an injury the next season. And so his rookie year in the NFL, you look at it, was probably his second or third year being able to play the cornerback position exclusively for an entire season because he was an athlete coming in and because of the circumstance wasn't able to really complete a season and get those valuable reps. And now in the NFL, this is his fifth, fourth season in the NFL. Um, he's, only been play, he's been playing the cornerback position exclusively for probably about seven, maybe going on eight years now. Yeah. And I think the light's starting to click for him. The light's starting to go off that. he Now he knows how to play the, the position with great technique and fundamentals, which help as fail-safes within this game. He can still now go after the ball, take those chances that he, he did when he was a younger player, but he's lowered the risk in his game by keeping the reward really high. That's been huge for them early on. Also, Deron Bland has continued to play really well. He's got the third lowest passer rating allowed in the NFL for any defensive backs. Trevon Diggs has the lowest, of course. It's 1.0. So you can't get pretty much can't get better than that. Well, uh, Deron Bland is 16.7. So the secondary, I don't think we're giving enough credit. Obviously, Michael Parsons is the best defensive player right now on the planet. Uh defensively, he's probably gonna win defensive player of the year. But E, that secondary has taken their game to a level a new level. And it's because of Ste- Stefan Gilmore as well, uh, out there at that corner. He's another big part of why this secondary could be considered the best in the league right now. Yeah, and the defense. Look, I mean, aside from the Garrett Wilson touchdown catch on on Sunday, I mean, this 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 team has played almost two perfect games. I mean, I don't know they've played and faced Daniel Jones and and Zach Wilson, and they'll be tested further at the quarterback position. But forty to nothing, and then if you take I mean, take away the Garrett Wilson touchdown, that's a thirty to three beatdown. So one play that a defense has an offense has made against them. The other part of the Cowboys win that, that we didn't talk probably enough about yesterday because we were talking so much Longhorns and the win of Wyoming. Dak Prescott completed his first 13 passes on Sunday. Uh, they controlled the ball for 42 minutes. Um, you know this was the recipe, right? Control the football, keep your defense fresh, and let them attack. And yes, with the addition of Stephon Gilmore to go with Stephon or Trayvon Diggs and those safeties. That's that's one of the best, if not the best, secondary in the league to go with one of the best pass rushes, if not the best pass rush in the league. And that's why they've been so overwhelming so far. The real test for the Cowboys will come, I think, three weeks from now when they play San Francisco at yes. San Francisco. We'll see the Cowboys play at Arizona this week. They're confident that Tyler Smith, the right, the left guard, will play in this game. I think he's going to be back on their offensive line, which bolsters their O-line. But they'll overwhelm Arizona, much like they've done oh, yeah. for the first two opponents. Then they play New England at home. And then they go to San Francisco, week five. Uh, that's a that's obviously a huge game, to say the least. But the Cowboys have been – we, we, we kind of chuckle about Mike McCarthy a lot of times. They've been outstanding through two games. There, there's not been a team that has been as well, as well coached and as well prepared for two weeks than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I agree with you. And nobody's been as dominant as the yeah. Cowboys. And it is because the Cowboys decided – 
And as an organization, I think it was smart. There are two ways to win a Super Bowl in the modern era. Elite quarterback play or elite defense slash elite pass rush. That's just it. If you go, and now there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, you got to have one or two of those things. And the Cowboys, I figured out defensively with Dan Quinn and all these weapons, they were probably closer to being a model that wins with elite pass rush and defense than they were with an elite quarterback. So instead of being a Dak-oriented team, um, they had to make the offense Dak-friendly, but this is a a defensive-oriented team. Like, they're going to win with that defense. That's what that's what's elite about uh, this Cowboys team. I'm not saying that the offense isn't going to score a lot of points and situationally improve, but there is no doubt this defense has a chance to be not only the best defense in the league, but special. Michael Parsons, his um, his his two plus sacks uh, in the game versus the Jets, and he'll probably get two more sacks <laughs> uh, next week coming up versus the Cardinals. Um, gives him ten uh, games in his career out of thirty five with at least two sacks. That is the highest rate, twenty eight point six in NFL history. Uh, Re- uh, uh, Reggie White is second. He's only at twenty one point six. So. We haven't had a player on this type of pace uh, in multi-sack games since Reggie White, and he's actually way far in surpassing Reggie White's pace, which yeah. that I don't think I, you, that's hard to even say, yeah. passing Reggie White's pace. But that's what kind of freakish talent that Michael Parsons is. And by the way, Demarcus Lawrence having a great season, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah, uh, he, great he is, season. He is. He's number uh, one among edge rushers in run run defense grade by Pro Football Focus, uh, and he also is doing pretty good rushing the passer. His pass rush grade was eighty four. He had a tackle for loss. He, you know, he played really well, and he's playing really well. But man, Michael's just on another planet right now. Well, and and as I keep saying, you hear the players talking about it. They want to be considered one of the greatest defenses in the history of the NFL. That's that's their mission that they're on, right? Mike has talked about it. You heard Demarcus Lawrence say it after the game this week. And, again, without the Garrett Wilson 68-yard touchdown that he caught on Sunday, the Cowboys, if you remove that play in two games, two NFL games, Rob, where parity is the build, they they would have outscored their opponents 70-3 to and allowed an average of 160 yards per game. They haven't... I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I, was, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I didn't think they'd be this good. I thought they'd be the best defense in the league. They'd look better than I thought. Yeah, me too. They're so fast. And so uh, they play downhill and aggressive. And now, now that they can cover in the back end to match up with that pass rush, it, it's pretty tough for defenses, to say the least. Uh, can you guys, says, can you guys talk about the Cowboys? Four red zone trips, only 12 points, and no play action passes. I'm still worried. Well, look, they have 70 points in two games. So that's the most in the league. They've outscored everybody in the league. So, yes, the red zone situation is something you work on. Uh, Tony Pollard took 25 carries on Sunday, and uh, he handled that pounding. So, yes, much like the Longhorns, it's not been perfect on offense, but the defense has been so good it hasn't mattered. Uh, and that will, be test- that will be tested yeah. as the season goes. Uh, the uh, Just for the texture, though, prior to last night's games, I believe they were sixth in play-action pass rate. Um, but, yeah, you're right, situationally in the red zone, that's what you're talking about. That's another you know, another example altogether. Well, and your kicker, who was a problem last year, has been great. He made five field goals on Sunday uh, for the for the Cowboys. 2-0 and for the Cowboys, 3-0 and for the Longhorns, and uh, still room to grow, which is fun. We'll talk more about it coming back on a Tuesday. Uh, we'll also get our uh, Bullish or BS segment before the end of this hour. We are in hour two of five. It's Hook em Up with Ian Rod B. Five hours a day, five days a week. Austin's only local morning sports conversation.
We're to pick up some delays on Toll 130 uh, southbound toward Highway 79 in the Round Rock Hutto area. Don't see any crashes though. And those Georgetown delays continue up along the interstate uh, south of Highway 29 and then toward Highway 79, then Toll 45, then a break. And then uh, from the Palmer Lane to the deck, it's going to be on again, off again, slow. Northbound, still some Hayes County delays. And we do have a crash reported. Uh, this uh, likely is going to be northbound north of Kyle. So we'll look into that. Now, as we check Highway 71, Garfield and Toll 130, in fact, uh, just north of Bergstrom Airport, those delays continue. Don't see any crashes there, though. New Sweden Church Road at FM 973. We do have a wreck there. Final clearing, Palm Springs at Andersonville in northwest Austin. I'm Don Miller. That's traffic. Hey, what's up, folks? I'm Tom Longhorn. Rod Babers here, and I'll admit I was a little bit ignorant about uh, the value of windows uh, when it comes to your home and how uh, energy-efficient windows can save you money and how they add uh, value to your overall home. Uh, that was something I didn't know about until uh, I reached out to our friends over at Window Nation, and you should as well. Speaking of Window Nation, uh, the star of Window Replacement and the proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys can help you fill your house this season with savings. That's they're all about right now get up to 50 percent off of any style windows and make no payments and pay no interest for two years fill your home with energy efficient windows for a customized authentic dallas cowboys jersey as well uh, and you could even uh, help fill the cowboys house and tickets to a game so uh just give them uh your business and window nation hey they'll hook you up especially if you're a cowboys fan you can appreciate that well, think about that rod win 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 right you're adding value to your home you're making your home more energy efficient and you could get a customized authentic cowboys jersey and possibly grab some tickets to a cowboys game that's pretty darn good how many how often do you get five wins in one deal just call them 866-90-NATION that's 866-90-NATION, or just go to the website, windownation.com slash cowboys for the details. The more windows that you buy, the more you save, up to 50% off, as Rod said, and pay no interest for two full years. 866-90-NATION, online at windownation.com. Window Nation, proud partner of your Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Tuesday on the horn, it's Ian Rod B. Hook him up. Bullish or BS before the top of this hour, talking all things Longhorns. Looking forward to the Baylor Bears. Uh, we mentioned in the headlines that Blake Shapin will not play in this game for Baylor. That's a huge blow. He's their best player, I think, or one of their best players, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Shapin was injured in that Texas State game. They were hopeful he could get back for this game. It's an MCL sprain. But uh, Dave Aranda made it clear yesterday he's not ready. Uh, he said uh, he's out about a week. He, he's about a week out, and I don't expect him in this game. That yeah. means against Texas. Could MCL. use Austin Novastad right about now. Yeah, the Dripping Springs kid who had committed to uh, Baylor, but then last minute flipped to Oregon. Was a, yeah, probably a good decision. I mean, think about it. Right now, I mean, Dave Rand, we're talking about Dave Rand being on the hot seat. Yeah, for <laughs> so, sure. You know, last thing you want to deal with is coaching changes. That's a better offense up there, too, uh, offensively. Is it Will Stein running the offense yeah. up there? Well, that's interesting. To, yeah, because it's right. kind of cool that, um, you know, there's a, a lot of connections between the state of Texas now and this Pac 12 start, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, because Will Stein was at Lake Travis. Mm hmm. Um, as a coach. And then he went down to, to Incarnate Word and then UTSA. UTSA. Yeah. And that's where he developed, when he was at Lake Travis, was when he developed the relationship with, uh, with Austin Novosad when he was a young kid, young guy. Um, there's all, you, know, you know the kid, the, the quarterback of Washington State, Cam Ward, Rod? Oh, yeah. 
He's from Texas, mm-hmm. and he's you know we talked this, about this list of great quarterbacks in the Pac-12, headlined by Caleb Williams and Shadour Sanders and Bo Nix at Oregon and all these guys. Um, but you know Cam Ward, remember that that Washington State team that you know Colorado State almost beat Colorado on Saturday. You know the, that Washington State team put fifty on that Colorado State team and Jay Norvell in Week One. Uh, Cam Ward was at Incarnate Word. And then transferred to Washington State. He's from Cleveland, Texas. Mm-hmm. So he's a Texas kid. So Will Stein with Texas ties as well. He's now at Oregon. Yeah, Austin Novosad from Dripping Springs, Texas. He would uh, likely be the Baylor starting quarterback this week if he had stayed with that commitment. Because mm, this kid Sawyer Robertson is not good. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to just say that, but I watched him. Uh, he's not good. He is struggling. He is watched struggling. Watched him against Utah. Yeah, I'm surprised they couldn't find a better backup in the transfer portal era for Baylor. I'm a little. And you're in Texas. First of all, you're in the, this, this state is the quarterback mecca. There are more uh, quarterbacks starting for FBS college football programs that played high school football in the state of Texas than any other state. Also, you go look at I mean, Transfer Portal gives you more options. You try to go find quarterbacks that will help you. I'm surprised Dave Aranda didn't, you know. Well, didn't and, have a better option. Well, there's a reason Texas is three in the country, right? They built through the, the 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 roster through really good recruiting classes, and then targeted players in the portal. You know, adding adding Ad Mitchell. Come on, man. Um, you know, Dave Aranda said yesterday at his press conference that you know he was asked about the difference in Texas this year from last year, and he said the offensive line is mature, the defense is even better, and he said last year you really only worried about Xavier Worthy. This year they got other dudes, right? Well, yeah, a lot of them. A lot, a lot of dudes, and yeah. Ad Mitchell, big part of that, and Texas wanted to add that piece. Well, by the way, speaking of Baylor at a one and two start, you know who did a Baylor better job building his roster and using the portal this offseason than he did? Texas, Texas State. GJ Kenny. I'm about to say Texas. GJ <laughs> Kenny added better players than Dave Aranda did. I think we all. And that's why they that. beat him. It's like, come on, man. TJ <laughs> right? Finley could be the starting quarterback for Baylor. Right I know now. he'd be probably better than Blake Shapin. TJ Finley's a good player for Dude, Texas Spencer State. Spencer Sanders could be the <laughs> back. Dude. Is he a backup now? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're going to that it could be your backup. Because last year college eligibility needs backing up Jackson Dart. Exactly. That's how much he hated Oklahoma State, which, by the way, is rotating three quarterbacks. They're still doing it. They asked Mike Gundy if he was going to rotate three quarterbacks. He was like, yeah, I'm doing it again. You're doing it again? What is the definition of insanity? He just lost to uh, oh, man, South Mike, Alabama. South Mike Gundy, Alabama he's badly. Go, he's going to go down his way. He's like, I'm doing it my way. And he's going down. Well, by the way, fiery blaze. You know what? He was asked yesterday, Mike Gundy, about Deion Sanders. And oh he, no! His thoughts. What did he well, say? Well, no, he was complimentary. Oh, good. He just said, "What I like about Deion, I don't know him." He said, "But he he do, he's doing it his way and not listening to the critics, which is almost a shot at his own media." Yeah, that's saying, why Mike Gundy's right, like, right. "I'm gonna do it my way." Leave he's me alone. almost saying without saying, he's he's like me. He's like me. Me and Deion are the same. Me and Deion are the same. We don't listen to the outside noise. We do it our way. Well, I would say there are some similarities, though, right? He does kind of, you know, the, he got the mullet, he had the mullet and everything. Well, look, I mean, again, I don't want to minimize this Baylor game. That's and, funny. and if Blake Shapin was playing, I'd, I'd be a little bit more concerned if I were Texas. But mm. uh, but Sawyer Robertson, he just can't. Not very you. good. Yeah. Um, He's now, got to go play the game. But the, but if you saw them play Texas State, that was not a fluke. Texas State was the more talented team. No, he just beat them. They beat them. It wasn't. It wasn't like they, they beat them. It wasn't. They ran trick plays. It like, no, no. They just beat them. And then they played with <laughs> desperation against Utah and had a lead in the second half, but couldn't hold it because the quarterback turned the football over. And then against Long Island University last week, they were. It was. It was a close game at the half. And again, Texas was in a close game with with Wyoming, but Wyoming's a pretty solid group who went to a bowl game last year and brought a lot of dudes back. And Utah had a back. Uh, LIU is Long Island University out of the FCS level. You disrespecting Long Island. Long Island. Did you see their quarterback's throwing motion? Yes. Oh, my God. It looked like Uncle Rico. 
like it did look like Uncle Rico. It's got a hitch. It's side What was he doing? I don't even know what it, he brings it from his hip. Yeah, like it's three throws it from his hip. It's weird. The, but this is the quarterback for Long Island University. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. L-I-U. What, what's L-I-U? What is their mascot? Long I did Island? not think Long Island University had a football team. That isn't, I, I didn't know they played <laughs> football up there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they played football. Like they play I was thinking about this shows. yesterday. They like, just don't care about it as much. If you go to a public high school like on Manhattan Island, do they have football teams at those high schools? Mm. I'm, I'm, I think they have. Yeah, they have football teams. They play football on the East Coast. They just don't. It's, it's, Where do they that, practice? It's not a religion like it is here in Texas. Where are the right. fields? Huh? Where are the fields? Where do they practice? They have fields. I've been there? to Manhattan. I've never seen a Long football Island field. are the they sharks. <laughs> they are the sharks. <laughs> they're they coached the by Ron yeah. Cooper. They do. They have it. They have them up there, Ty. I assure you. It's just like I said. They don't have down here. It's such a religion and it's such an economic engine that yeah, you got three football fields at one damn high school over there at Wesley. They don't have that, okay? Yeah, uh, because yeah. they they don't prioritize it like we do. They don't have you know million dollar stadiums for their high school sports. They don't do it like that. It's a little bit different. They used to be called the Long Island University Blackbirds, and now they're the Sharks. Oh, uh, they they, the they politically incorrect or something? What's wrong with Blackbirds? Exactly. What's wrong with the Black? Is the Blackbird an actual bird? That's like the grossest mascot ever. Like Blackbirds? Black, isn't a Blackbird is just like a random the, birds? The Grackles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, LIU plays in a 6,000-seat stadium uh, there in Long Island. LIU. There right. you go. And that's where and Baylor, you know, they won the game 30 to whatever, but it was at halftime. It was like 13-7 to 7 or 16-7. was not. It was not by any means dominant. And Baylor's just not that talented right now. And, again, they, they could rise up and give Texas a hell of a game because it's a conference game, but at the same time, whose fault player is that? for player. It's not. It's not real close right now. And that's Dave Aranda's fault. They, I mean, it's, that's all on Aranda. That's all on Aranda for letting that rise. You were. You were. He won the Big Twelve. Yeah. So you had. So recruiting should have right spiked. Yeah. Yeah. You win the Big Twelve. Recruiting should have spiked. Where's the recruiting spike? Yeah, Where'd he go? Not real good. And you're right. When, <laughs> when you had Blake Shapin as your quarterback and you didn't attack the portal more, I, oh. I think they had a lot of eggs in the Austin Novosad basket. But that happened in early February. Come and, on, man. You had a whole offseason, too. Yeah, time to recover. Remember he let that other quarterback go to what, what, U of H? Remember that Jerry one? Bohannon. Jerry Bohannon. Yeah, yeah, he's like, hey, man, we got our quarterbacks. You can go. It's like, hey, don't be telling quarterbacks to leave. Yeah. Don't encourage quarterbacks to leave. They'll leave on their own. Don't be encouraging them to leave. Mm. <laughs> By the way, we, we shouldn't be just knocking Baylor and give Texas State credit that uh, G.J. Kinney's doing a hell of a job down there. Amen. They are 2-1, and one and they're going to be a contender in the Sun Belt. But the Sun Belt's no joke. You know, it's South Alabama with Major Applewhite calling the plays. Just uh, beat up on Oak State. Uh, it's the fun belt. Oh, so he's got some talent issues as well. Yeah, they do. Just like Baylor. <laughs> also because their coach is stubborn about the transfer portal and about NIL. Is, is, is Mike Gundy the, the alt-right version of Dion? <laughs> <laughs> the alt-right version of Dion. Oh, no, alt-right? Why are we going to go alt-right that's just, that's, I, I Mike know. Gundy does it his own Did way. Say he's, a more, he's a more conservative version. He's a little bit more he's conservative. More, right. He's a, a more, more conservative version. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colorado's got their own challenge this week playing the Oregon Ducks in one of those six ranked matchups. I, you know, last week we gave you the tip to uh, get your honeydews in last Saturday because this Saturday you're going to want to be glued to your fo- your football oh. television watching all these great games, including Ohio State Notre Dame. 
Ooh, that's uh, sexy. Ole Miss, Alabama, Oregon, Colorado. Uh, a lot of really good games this weekend, so we'll start to drill down on those only Tuesday. As for the uh, the NFL, Rod, we'll get back into that coming up with the doubleheader on Monday Night Football last night, the gruesome injury. So gruesome, by the way, ESPN, and props to them, they wouldn't even show the replay. They showed it to the uh, stadium crowd in-house, and that was it. That's enough that they needed to see. Yeah, we didn't to see it. Hate that for Nick Chubb. To say the least, you gave the stat earlier about Nick Chubb and how you know people because oh. he plays in Cleveland. Don't people maybe people don't, don't see him, him enough? They don't know how good he is. I mean, he really. He, I'll give you the Nick Chubb stat that I always give. That's mind blowing. People are like that's not real. I'm like it's real. Throughout NFL history, there are only 129 instances of a running back averaging five plus yards per carry on a hun- at least 190 carries. The only running backs with more than three such seasons in their career: Barry Sanders, Jim Brown. Jamal Charles and Nick Chubb. Dang. And Isn't how about this? <laughs> Chubb's one of five players in NFL history with at least eight rushing touchdowns in each of his first five seasons. The other gentlemen on that list, Adrian Peterson, Ladanian Tomlinson, Emmett Smith, and Jim Brown. That's what I'm saying. Like people think I was drunk. I was like, man, he'll have a case. If he retires today, somebody will make the case for him in the Hall of Fame, and it won't be ridiculous. Yeah. It won't be and as ridiculous as you think it is. Like he's been really, really good his first few years. Like he won't make the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying and a that, case for it. And, and, you know, Jerome Ford came in and, and did pretty well. Um, and, and as you said off the top, the, the Steelers, who, have we said, have not lost a Monday night football game at home since ni- in 32 years. 32 years since they lost a Monday night football I game at home. I believe that stat. You should have uh, given me that stat yesterday. I know. I had it. I apologize. I didn't give you that. You, yeah. were, you were bullish on the, uh, I, the Browns. I, I still think the Browns would have won if Nick Chubb stays in the I, I kind of agree with him on that. Even I though think, Jerome yeah. Ford did play well, had that big run, I they, the, the, the Steelers shook. Steelers, Steelers had 255 yards. Yeah, the Steelers only, but they had two defensive touchdowns, and they, they had, had four turnovers for us. Yeah. And they took the lead on a strip sack fumble touchdown. They were down 22-19, and that's when the year 22-17, that's when the, uh, the strip sack turned the game. And the Steelers get one, the, their defense won the football game. In, uh, yes, on, it did. It scored more, more points than the offense did. They did. They uh, did. Only four current Steelers were alive. The last time they lost at home on Monday Night Football, <laughs> Cam Hayward. Hey, listen, the, the Ty's in there trying to buck that trend. <laughs> Cam Hayward, we probably should have gave that that stat to him too. Cam Hayward, Patrick Peterson, Marcus Golden, and Chris Boswell. Only Steelers that were alive last time they lost at home on Monday Night Football. By the way, Gus in the Bronx has texted us. Gus in the Bronx and said, "Oh my gosh, Ty." We play high school football in New York City. Exactly. In the city, it's not like Texas because they have their own scheduling and playoff format. Outside of the five boroughs in New York, they play traditional Texas format where you play for a state championship. <laughs> so not outside the five boroughs, though. Ty needs to get out more. I've been to New York. I hate New York. Well, no, it's just because it's a con- it's built like different. Because I hate of the city. New York. Uh, it's built on top of each other. But yeah, they just don't have the the, the space in the land that we do to. I, mean, I know that. All these practice it's an island. It's an island. Yeah. Hey, I'm, we, saying, I'm just asking the questions that no, people want to hear. That's a, that's a good question. We could, well, Gus in the Bronx did not like your question. <laughs> we come like, back. We're going to hit some bullish. By your question. Hit some bullish or BS. <laughs> also, uh, reset those headlines. Talking Texas, Baylor, Cowboys in Arizona, the NFL, college football, all coming here on Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS here on Ian Rodby. Hook him up. Bullish and BS. Bullish on the Cowboys for sure after a 2-0 start, 70-10. Longhorns also three double-digit wins to start their season. They'll open up Big 12 play their final Big 12 conference season and slate coming up on Mm -hmm. Saturday. How about this, Rod? Bullish or BS on Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, the uh, Hall of Fame golfer posted yesterday to his Twitter account a long message in which he 
confirmed and admitted what we've all known for a long time, that he was a gambling addict. But he's no longer gambling. Phil Mickelson said, most of you will enjoy this football season with moderation while having lots of fun and entertainment. The fantasy leagues will provide banter amongst friends and money won or lost won't affect you. I won't be betting this year because I crossed the line of moderation and into addiction, which isn't any fun at all. The money wasn't ever the issue since our financial security has never been threatened. But I was so distracted I wasn't able to do present with the ones that I love and caused a lot of harm. He went on to say, if you've ever crossed the line of moderation and enter into addiction, hopefully you won't confuse your enablers as friends like I did. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. Yeah, he said, after many years of receiving professional help, not gambling and being in recovery from my addictions, I am now able to sit still, be present in the moment, and live each day with inner calm and peace. I still have a lot of cleaning up to do with those I love most, but I'm doing it slowly as best I can. Damn, Phil. Yeah. He said, this yeah. football season and beyond, enjoy yourself with moderation so it doesn't distract you and detract you from your ability to be present. In my experience, the moments with the, the ones you love will be far more remembered than any bet you win or Fantasy League Triumph. Good for him. I'm glad he's uh, getting the help he needs, recognizing his, 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 his dark passenger. His dark passenger. You know, you know who's uh, laughing in there and snickering is our own gambling addict, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. That was a pretty funny statement. In my... Do you think you're, <laughs> not think you're an addict? No, I, mean, I could stop. You can I stop? have stopped. You have stopped for a while. No, I'm kidding yeah, good with for you. you. Kidding with Everything's fun in moderation. Yeah. Well, uh, well, not everything. Well, including moderation. Well, look, Phil, <laughs> I mean, the book that is out, his that, 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 that thing, your friends, your enablers who... You, you considered friends that book that's out written by called the gambler with all the stories on him i think it revealed a lot to those around him including his family just how bad it was right oh yeah I'm, I'm sure some of the things he's revealed in that book they did not know the extent of the, the amount of money he was gambling right uh and now that book is out and it's kind of pulled the curtain back on just how extensive his gambling was it yeah i mean the, the allegations though we didn't have, what was the money what was the, the dollar figure they were throwing out oh. there um, it was some crazy number, though. Yeah. We, 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 it was like Wilt Chamberlain, like the Wilt Chamberlain twenty thousand women uh, number, where we had to. We went back and did the math on it, like. But we did determine that if you total, if you win, total, total nearly a hundred million dollars. Yeah, but that's not all. Some of that is profit from when he won. Yes, it's not just the money. It's not just all money from his bank account. It's like, oh, I won money. Okay, now I'll roll that over into the next bet or whatever it is. So that's just a dollar figure. That's still a lot of money. Not throwing, not throwing. Well, it's one of those things. I don't want to, you know, I don't know his personal life and his his. He's got a wife and kids. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I, I would speculate that his wife saw that and said, "You bet, you lost a hundred million dollars." <laughs> no, 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 babe. no, no, no. It was more like twenty million. But I had one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, how do you come back when your wife asks you lost a hundred million dollars? You don't come back at that point. You say. You, you, what you just said? No, 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 baby. No, it was no, only no. like eighty. It was, it was only like eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta walk that number back. No, 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 no. It was like fifteen, and then remember, yeah, and then you add some interest. It was okay. <laughs> it wasn't that much. That's a lot of money, though. That's a lot of money. Uh, okay, uh, bullish or BS? Patrick Mahomes' new restructured agreement, gentlemen. Patrick Mahomes got a raise. Restructures agreement. Yeah, he was like the eighth or ninth highest paid quarterback at one point, giving him two hundred and ten. Uh, $210.6 million between 2023 and 2026. That will be the most money in NFL history over a four-season span. His compensation for all those years uh, is now guaranteed. Also, uh, the Chiefs said they're going to revisit his contract after the 2026 season. That is also a guarantee, a stipulation in the new restructured deal.
There you go. Yeah, pay the uh, man. He's the best player in the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I honestly, I'm. Sh- remember, it was. I, I said at one point, it was the best bargain in all of major American sports that he was like the eighth highest paid quarterback in the league. Um, and now that is no longer the case. They're still getting a great discount with Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end of all time. And uh, they're basically paying him like a tight end. And he's, a, he's one of the top receivers in the league. But still, well, well looking, as I mentioned yesterday, Chris watching, totally. watching that Jacksonville game on Sunday, their defense is better than people think their defense. Cause I think Jacksonville is pretty good offense. I mean, they scored 31 in week one against Indianapolis. Uh, they're going to score points, and they held them to nine points at home with four turnovers. The Chiefs did. That's an their defense bowed up in a big way. And it, having Chris Jones back, I was going to have Chris Jones. Really helps. fast, yeah. Well, and they can really cover Rod. They can. They can really cover, which allows Chris Jones and the pass rush to get home. It's kind of like the Cowboys. Cowboys covering the back end, and now that pass rush can get to the house. Uh, even better. Longhorns are in that road, too. By the way, t- bullish or BS for you two? You guys use Twitter, right? You're on X. You guys are on yes, X. Yes, sir. Elon Musk said yesterday uh, in a roundtable that included Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that um, he was in a roundtable conversation that says he does plan to charge all Twitter users, ex-users, a small monthly fee in the future. Would you pay that? Are you bullish or BS on paying? He was asked how much, and he said small. Small. What's the billionaire's death? What's the richest man in the know. world? Richest man it's in the like world. Like Phil Mickelson. Your, How much is, a, is yeah. too much? If you're the richest man in the world, what's your definition of small? I need to know that. because what, What's the made, number for you? If it goes over, what number would you not subscribe to X? We've got my monthly here? Yeah, monthly. Is mm. there a number? If it goes over $10. If it goes over like 5 bucks, I probably would. <laughs> You're out? Disappointed. Yeah, I'd be thinking about it. That's a, I mean, Twitter's been free. Isn't it like 8 right now? I don't pay. No, I don't pay anything. Yeah, but if you, I'm tell, I pay just because you want the blue check mark. Well, no, not that. Like Twitter doesn't push your stuff unless you. Well, and you have, you yeah, and you have that. You have advanced features. It's like the horn. Too. The horn Twitter now is yeah. is verified. Yeah, it's just it, it, it helps with the algorithm of getting your stuff out there. I don't give a damn. And y'all have way <laughs> more, y'all have way more followers than I do. So well, I, 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 need, I need it. <laughs> yeah, I don't use it. I use it for for work more than anything. You guys, I don't socialize. Right, that's right. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like the old school news. Ticker. But, yes. But speaking exactly. of, follow me at Texas Guy Ty. <laughs> Texas Guy Ty. He's Texas got his. And if you're going to, unlike Phil Mixon, if you're planning to gamble this football season, Ty will be your assist, even though he had the dang Browns last night <laughs> in Pittsburgh, so where says, they haven't that. lost a Monday night football home game in 32 years. D Fry says, Dollar, F that, not paying Jack of the Texter. Dollar, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> hey, Instagram's dollar. doing the same thing now, too. Facebook, it's. it's yeah, it's, no. They the know downfall you have, of society. Now they have you addicted. They so now you. they can they charge you. you. Yeah, they, yep. we'll be back. Uh, there's your bullish or BS. We'll pick up the headlines plus more Longhorn Baylor chatter. See you and Rod B. Hook them up.